At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is the great Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It is hour number two of the Greg Peterson experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We've got a great hour number two, as it's going to be David Squared for much of the hour, as David Baker, he won the Super Contest a few seasons ago. You may know him. A little bit better as a professional poker player as well. He is going to be joining David Behrman. He does great work over at ESPN Chalk. Taking a look at darn near every betting market that we've got, especially the great game of football. They're going to be joining me. We're going to be recapping a little bit of what we wound up seeing in week one and not just recapping it because unfortunately there's no money to be made on the games that have already been played, but turning it forward, what sort of takeaways can we have? What trends are we spotting? What can we wind up making out of some of these teams? So I do think that that is very important to do. And we are going to be doing that here in hour number two with the two Davids. And here in segment number one, we do have a nice baseball slate for Monday. A little bit smaller than we typically wind up getting. But I'm going to give you guys a little bit of what I've got in terms of baseball. And we'll hit a little baseball in hour number three as well. But let's go to my DK Nation write-up. And we've got four of the great game of baseballs. It is 9-11, 9-12 on the board. The Houston Astros, they're on the road. They're facing up against the Detroit Tigers. As Eduardo Rodriguez, he goes for the Tigers. And Framber Valdez goes for Houston. We're seeing anywhere between 7 and 7.5 on the total. It's pretty much a 50-50 split. Maybe a few more 7.5s, but we're seeing quite a few 7s start to circulate as well. If you're finding a 7, heavy juice on the over. If you're finding a 7.5, heavy juice on the under with the Houston Astros 
between a minus 193 to a minus 205 favorite and between plus 170 and seeing as high as a plus 180 is out there on Detroit as well. I'm looking a little bit more at the run line of the Houston Astros, which is between minus 110 and minus 115. I'd be willing to go up to a minus 115. Not going to do my right up there. I'm seeing a little bit of value, but not necessarily a whole heck of a lot. Would like to see this get down just a tad, but where I'm seeing the value is on the total. I wound up saying my total north of a 7.5. I'm going to be taking a look at the over end. The big reason why is this is a Detroit Tigers bullpen that we've seen it go down the toilet bowl recently. Since August 1st, they ranked 26th in the league in terms of bullpen ERA, posting up a 5.03 ERA in this time span. This for a Tigers bullpen that overall for the season, they rank in the top 10, but they've been dealing with some injuries. They trade away Michael Fulmer at the trade deadline. Gregory Soto has not been the closer that he was at the beginning part of the season. These guys are just getting gassed because with the Detroit Tigers, they had a scenario which four out of their five starters were out for much of the season. Four of the five that wound up beginning the season, they wound up having a bunch of injuries. Now, pretty much the only two men that are standing are Matt Manning along with Eduardo Rodriguez, who wound up missing much of the season. And for Rodriguez, he has been back for four starts and he's just been all over the place in general. His strikeouts per nine rate are as low as they've been since his rookie season. His walks per nine rate is 3.7, and that's a career high. And this for a guy that led the American League in walks in 2019. There's not a lot of redeeming qualities there. And both of these starters have higher fielding independence than they do ERA. So even though the raw numbers don't necessarily look too bad with Eduardo Rodriguez, along with Framber Valdez, I do expect some negative regression for both of these guys. And for Framber Valdez, he actually has a really impressive streak going on. He's won six plus settings in 23 straight starts. That has got to be the longest streak that we've seen in quite some time. Sandy Alcantara has not been able to do that with the Miami Marlins this season. And for Framber Valdez, he has been a workhorse, but he gets right around eight and a half strikeouts per nine innings. Certainly is not tremendous. It is not terrible. I would say slightly above average. But the big thing with Framber Valdez is that he gives out a lot of walks, which makes it incredible that he has been able to have this streak of six plus innings because he's given up three plus walks in four out of his last six starts. And all of a sudden, the Detroit Tigers have been able to come alive with their bats. His team ranks dead last overall in the big leagues in terms of runs per game, but four plus runs in four out of their last five games, and they've shaken things up a little bit. Spencer Torkelson is coming back up from the minors. He's been able to produce for this team. Finally, have someone with a double-digit amount of homers. as Javi Baez, Jameer Candelario. They're starting to go deep just a little bit more. Harold Castro has been able to get on base for this team, so things are starting to shape up just a little bit for the Detroit Tigers, and the Houston Astros are coming off of putting up a 12th spot against the LA Angels on Sunday. It appears as though one of their main matchers in uh, one of their main matchers in Jordan Alvarez seems to be getting better as he overall for the season has about a 400 on base, 30 plus home runs. You tell that second half of the season he has not been himself. He now finally looks like he is himself. He goes deep. On Sunday, very good sign for the team. But on top of that, we've got Alex Bregman, Kyle Tucker, Jose Altuve, all with north of 20 home runs. These guys have been able to do a solid job of being able to reach base with Bregman at 375 on base. Jose Altuve hitting in the pocket about 290. So these guys have been able to do a solid job. And now if you need a little bit more of a hitting catcher because they utilize Martin Maldonado quite a bit, very good on defense, not so much with the bat, but Christian Vasquez has been seeing some more reps back there. He's been solid. Trey Bobo Mancini has been able to go deep for this team as well. Houston Astros have been able to do a solid job with their bullpen, but they 
to deal with a couple of ailments that have been off and on as well. Ryan Presley has been in and out of the fold. Seth Martinez has been pitching a little bit above his skis this season as well. So I do think that the Detroit Tigers, they're going to be able to get to Framber Valdez for a few runs, especially if Valdez continues to give up walks the way that he has. And for Eduardo Rodriguez, he's not pitching the way that he has in past seasons. He's doing for a little bit of negative regression, in my opinion. I like this total over. It is going to be the DKNH pick right now. At DraftKings, I'm seeing a 7. In some other books, I'm seeing a 7.5. Whether you've got a 7 or a 7.5, I do like it over. 8 would be the buy point on the under, and I don't think that we're going to be getting there with how heavy the juice is on the under. And when it comes to the Detroit Tigers, I would need more like a plus 185 to take a shot. This could become a play on them overnight. I'm going to see where the money winds up moving because, well, I'll tell you this. I do not expect the Houston Astros to have a whole bunch of, or I do not expect the Detroit Tigers to have a whole bunch of bets pouring in on them. I think that the money probably going to be one way on the Houston Astros. That could push this Detroit Tigers team up to like plus 185, plus 190, a little bit further. And we've been seeing these big giant underdogs be quite profitable in the MLB. So going to be taking a look at where this winds up going overnight as of current numbers between minus 110 to a minus 115. We'll be looking at the run line of the Houston Astros, and I'm going to be taking a look at it and over. How about if we stay in the American League and go 909-910 on the board? It is the LA Angels. They're on the road playing against the Cleveland Guardians as Connor Pilkington, the the pride of Mississippi State. He goes for Cleveland, and Reed Detmers is on the bump for the Angels. Anywhere between 8 and 8.5 is your total. Mostly seeing 8.5s out there with a straight 8 at DraftKings and for Cleveland. They're between a minus 130 to a minus 135 favorites, between plus 110 to plus 125 is the number on the LA Angels. Reed Detmers was sent down to the minor leagues a little bit earlier this season, and it seemed to have done him some good ever since he resurfaced second half of the season. He's been posting up a little bit north of 10 strikeouts per nine innings. Starting to regress now just a little bit. He's posted up a 475 ERA over his last four starts over the last three days, so that has been an issue. And then for Connor Pilkington, the big thing for him is just not giving out as many free passes. I saw him a little bit while he was pitching in college, I've seen him here in the pros, and he's got good swing and missed stuff. Overall, he's been getting about seven and a half, eight strikeouts per nine innings. I do think that it's going to improve as he winds up getting more reps at the big league level, and he has spent quite a bit of time in the minor league farm system of the Cleveland Guardians, and overall, he's been able to get about nine and a half strikeouts per nine innings at the minor league level. The big thing for him, command at the minor league level, four walks per nine innings, and then on top of that, at the major league level, that winds up heightening up to five walks for nine innings, but I talked about the Detroit Tigers and how the bullpen has been going straight down the toilet bowl for them. How about what the Cleveland Guardians have been able to do in terms of their bullpen? Post-All-Star break, they've got the number one bullpen ERA in the big leagues. These guys have been absolutely lights out for this bunch as you've got so many guys in this bullpen with Emmanuel Classe really being the main closer of this team and then James Karinczak, he does a good job in the eighth inning as well. But on top of that, Nick Sandlin, you're able to throw in there, Aniel De Los Santos, guys that are able to post up a sub-3 ERA. They've been able to fire on all cylinders for this team. And then on the flip side, you've got an LA Angels team that they've been respectable with regards to the bullpen. An LA Angels team that typically they've got no pitching whatsoever, but Jose Cuiata, Jimmy Harrigan, Andrew Wants, some of these young guys, they're starting to show a little bit of promise. So you can feel a little bit better about that moving forward for the LA Angels. Perhaps... In feature years, there will be just a little bit of support for our good friends Shoyo, Tani, and Mike Trout, who both have between 33 and 35 home runs. They've been able to fire on all cylinders for the team. These two guys 
throw in there Taylor Ward, Luis Renifo, in between a 265 to 275. Top of the lineup for the LA Angels. Quite solid. David Fletcher, when he's been out there, has been able to get on base. He's been banged up. That's been an issue, but take a look at the bottom full when you've got out there guys like Max Stassi, Joe Adele, who's not setting fire to the rain right now. If you're able to go down the line, Andrew Velasquez, hitting at 220 or lower, it does make it a little bit tough for the Angels to be able to get runs up on the board because you wind up having the top guys wind up getting on base and then they wind up getting stranded. And for the Cleveland Guardians, they've got the fewest home runs per game of any team at home this season, but they do a good job of being able to move the line. Andres Jimenez, Jose Ramirez, Steven Kwan, Amid Rosario, Oscar Gonzalez, all hitting at least a 275. It's been Ramirez who has been the main master, 25 plus home runs, over 100 RBI. He's been able to do a good job of being able to move the line. And Jimenez, coupled with Josh Naylor, both have between 15 and 17 home runs apiece. So you could use a little bit more, but these guys, they've been able to do a good job of being able to put back to ball. And the Cleveland Guardians, they've been playing with a lot of just in general zeal. They've been able to do a good job of being able to crank out a bunch of wins. They're coming off of a big sweep against the Minnesota Twins. You do fear maybe a little bit of a letdown spot. I don't think that that is going to be the case. I do think that they're going to get to someone in Reed Detmers who, since he came back from the minor league level, has been able to do a tad bit better. But I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a tough spot for the LA Angels, especially after their bullpen got used up quite a bit. Tucker Davidson, did not lend the start that they were looking for on Sunday. So I'm taking a look at the Cleveland Guardians. One delay up to a minus 135. And just haven't seen a lot of long balls in general in Cleveland. So semi-total at 8.2 at an 8.5. Looking at the under end. Something we're taking a look at next. What we got in week one and turning it forward to future weeks. We're doing that with David Baker and David Behrman next. Right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa. The Sports Bank Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have ticked it off? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. 
I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the sports betting network. Kick off the football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook. For every line, boost, and special, lace them up for week number one. And Bet Rivers Parlay Insurance and Touchdown Insurance is offered every single Sunday, all season long. Build a parlay of at least four legs, and if it loses, do stake back as a free $25 bet. Wager on any player to score the first touchdown of the nighttime football game and get your money back as a free bet if they score an anytime touchdown. Head on over to Brett, head on over to BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. It is a whole new game as we are back here on the Greg Peterson Experience, and we're joined by a pair of men whose nickname, or whose, I should say, initials are DB, as David Behrman does a great job over at ESPN Chalk, and David Baker, he is a man that has won the Westgate Super Contest and is a professional poker player, and me and my producer were joking off air, we can't even use DB because you're both DB on this one, so... Gentlemen, it is great to have you aboard. It is a dynamic duo, and we're going to go to Mr. David Behrman first because I know that you're someone that's out there in Connecticut but spent a lot of time in Florida. What was your overall takeaway from the team whose shirt you're wearing right now, the Miami Dolphins, because that was one of the games that going into week one I was a little bit unsure of because with the Patriots, they were going through coordinators in general, just having a little bit of flux there, and with the Miami Dolphins, it was a little bit of a new car smell with this team, all the weapons that they've gotten for two attacking by Loa, but week number one seemed to go quite well for Miami. Yeah, it went quite well, Greg, and, and thanks for having me on. Um, it was one of the few games where we, we call it the, the the rocking chair game. No sweat, sit back, watch, no sweat. The, the Dolphins pretty much dominated a game from start to finish right off the first interception of Mac Jones on the first drive. Dolphins scored field goal, then they scored another touchdown, and of course there was a nice touchdown at the end where McDaniel decided to go for it on fourth and seven from McField, and the second half basically was just playing out the string. I thought the defense played exceptionally well. Um, it's still, as McDaniel said in his press conference, it's still the defense's team until the offense proves otherwise, but you have to come away a little bit impressed by at least the play calling, um, the way McDaniel handles the team, and, and, and the new acquisitions. I mean, Tyreek Hill, six catches right out of the gate in the first half, Wound up with eight for the game, used Waddle at the end of the first half. Chase Edmonds was nothing short of spectacular in terms of moving the chains, both catching the ball and running the ball. And, you know, Tua looked okay. Uh, would have liked to see him get rid of the ball a little bit earlier on times because the offensive line's still not there yet. But overall, uh, have to be happy where, you know, you you basically stand toe-to-toe with Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, punch him in the mouth a few times, and and come away with the victory with really not a game that really, really wasn't in doubt at any point in the second half. So. As a Dolphins fan and, and and still season ticket holder of many, many years, uh, coming away very, very happy with what they did. Um, it was, hey, they won, they covered, and, and we're 1-0, and, and we're, we're moving on to Baltimore next week. 
And David, what did you make out of the week one game that we did wind up seeing between the Dolphins and the Patriots? Because I think that this one, because to David Behrman's point, we did wind up seeing this game be a little bit more of a rocking chair game. So it hasn't gotten as much attention as a lot of the games in which you wind up seeing crazy back and forth. But I do think that this was a little bit of an indictment on the New England Patriots. The fact that right now you're seeing the play calling be a little bit out of sorts and the defense did not wind up looking terrible for the Patriots. But I think for the Patriots right now, it's a case of which buyer beware with this offense. Yeah, I think it's just uh, confirmed all my priors that I had on the Patriots. Uh, I, I was impressed a little bit by the Dolphins. Um, I wasn't sure what we were going to get week one. I did like the Dolphins long term. Um, but as many people have, have said, this offseason was a very rocky one for the Patriots. They did not look good uh, coming into week one. I think most everybody sharp I talked to uh, was not high on the Patriots, and I was not either. I think this team probably is closer to the Jets at this point than they are the Dolphins. Um, obviously not even close to the Bills. Uh, this is a team I, I I think we're we're looking at closer to a six and ten season than we are a ten and six season. So um, I, I'd be looking for spots to fade the Patriots until the market catches up with them. Um, I thought they might come out okay in this game. Just I thought three and a half might be a a, a little much in what I assumed would be a a, a slow you know kind of run up the gut type uh, attack by the Patriots, but. They just didn't do anything. They didn't impress me on either side of the ball, and um, I'm going to be looking to fade them as much as possible early on. And Mr. Baker, we will go back to you on this one as well because you mentioned it. You weren't necessarily too surprised by what we wound up seeing on the Patriots, and I can't say that I was stunned. I just stayed off the game because I didn't really know what we were going to be able to get out of either of these teams. I wasn't too surprised that the Patriots looked a little bit disjointed, but was there a team or two on Sunday that you just took a look at them and you had a little bit of a different evaluation for them and they either either impressed you in a positive way or in a negative way, you were pretty disappointed with them? Um, I think a lot of my priors were kind of confirmed. Um, I, I was really bullish on the, on the Vikings coming into the season uh, and I thought that they were a definite dark horse contender. We talked about them last Sunday when yeah. I was uh, in studio with you. And I thought that they were a, a nice dark horse to win the NFC. And now, to be honest, other than the Bucks, I think that it's it's the Eagles and the Vikings kind of uh, sitting up there ready to take over the throne in the NFC. I mean, I'm not ready to completely bury the Rams or the Packers, but there was a lot of questions in with both of those teams. And uh, I think that I think that the the Vikings really showed me that that they. They played that game with a bit of confidence and a, a bit of swagger. They did. They didn't go in like, "Oh, we're going to try to upset the the division champions." And I mean, obviously, I know most of your most of our viewers now are betting people, and it wouldn't have been. It's not a big upset. In fact, the Vikings even closed as a small favorite. But I think to the to the masses, the Vikings could have gone in there and just kind of been like, oh, we're going to try to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Aaron Rodgers, and they didn't. They went in, they were the bullies, they were the attackers, and and I think that division is is right for the Vikings now. So uh, I'm happy with where I stand futures-wise with the Vikings, and I think that, that they're going to they're, they're gonna go, a lot's going to have to go through the Vikings to determine the NFC. And I'll turn this one over to you, Mr. Behrman. How about what you were taking away from in week number one, whether it be a team that impressed you in a positive way or in a negative way, you were a little bit disappointed by how they wanted coming out week one. 
Uh, I, I'm going to point just like David did to the NFC. I, I think uh, it, it's more about the teams that didn't play well than, than it's about the teams that did play well. You look at some of the teams that we would have considered and still would consider contenders. Uh, look what they did in week one. The Rams didn't look good. The Packers didn't look good. Um, you saw San Francisco didn't look good. So there are a bunch of teams that 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 are right there at the top of your futures board. Um, and, I, and I agree with David that I think the Vikings came out and, and said that maybe the division will be up for grabs more so than you would think when the Packers opened at about minus 175 to minus 200 to win that division, which they very well may could. I mean, last year they looked just as bad, if not worse, against the Saints and then went out, rolled out, and, and won the division easily. Um, but I think the Vikings are better than they were last year, and I think it's eye-opening to see some of these teams that no one saw the 49ers losing to the Bears. Even if you didn't want to lay the seven, you still didn't think the Niners were going to lose to the Bears. Uh, you, you would maybe think the Bills were going to beat the Rams, but you didn't think it was going to be a three-touchdown blowout and the Rams look as bad as they did. So you have to wonder, who is the king of the NFC? And, and, and honestly, Greg, this is one of my favorite weeks of the year because it's overreaction city after week one. And you're going to see a whole bunch of people jumping off the bandwagon of the Rams and the Packers and the Titans and some of the other teams that just did not look good today. The Colts, another team that people thought might be able to win that division with Matt Ryan, and they very well may could, but you don't go out there and have to have a late rally to beat the Texans. And, and I was all over the Texans at, at plus seven today. I just didn't think it was going to be the Texans leading by 10 most of the game, if not should have won that game. So really, to me, it's who really is the contender and who isn't now. We're not going to get all answers after one week, but there are a lot of teams that we put up near the top that did not look very good today. Yep, there were a lot of teams that they did not wind up coming out the way that you would like them to, and shall we say, kickers did not wind up coming out the way that they should as well. And David, I'm going to pose this question to you first, and then we'll probably pick it up on the other side with David Behrman. But with that said, when it comes to kickers, how important is it when it comes to handicapping a game? Because we saw a lot of games that were decided on the legs of kickers. And if you want to trusting in a guy like a Justin Tucker last year, you were able to pull out some of those games. I don't think that it's something that should be taken lightly when you do wind up evaluating these games. Yeah, but the problem is you, there, there's really not a great way to handicap the kickers. I mean, Evan McPherson was widely thought of. I mean, last year down the stretch to get the Bengals to the Super Bowl, he was Mr. Reliable. He went into the year as, you know, basically one of the the most reliable kickers in the league. And and he missed, you know, he got an extra point blocked and then missed a 29-yard field goal and then missed another field goal. Um, so I, I, as important as it is, there's just a lot of variance in it. Um, so... I, I don't really take into account that much. Um, I'm going to, I assume we'll talk about the Bengals maybe coming out the next break, but um, you know, like the Browns kicker, he was a, he was, he was a rookie and, and I hadn't even heard of him really. And he, he banged through that 60 yarder for the win and the Bengals kicker is reliable and he missed. So a lot of variance in kicking. Yep. There certainly is. And how about if we talk about, the Bengals on the other side, as it is Greg Peterson experience right here on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network.
Start your football season off on the right foot by subscribing to VEASAN Pro. Get full access to everything that we do, including our daily picks at a glance, recapping all the top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests, 24-7 video season prep, including our weekly college and pro football matchup guides, covering every single game all season long, pro tools like exclusive betting splits and pro tips, updated every hour with actionable insights to help your betting game. Sign up for our discounted football special right now and get VEASAN Pro all access, everything that we do now through the Super Bowl for just $175 or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription. And bet smarter all year long. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all your options and become a part of the Sports Bank Network as we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network, being rejoined by David Baker, former Westgate Super Contest winner and a professional poker player, and David Behrman does great work over at ESPN Chalk. And, well, David Baker, you want to bring up what we were, what I think we should talk about now because you were talking about the Cincinnati Bengals. We wound up seeing McPherson wind up shanking a couple of kicks and for the Bengals, was a tumultuous game to say the least in which it was decided at the end ironically enough by a kick but what were your takeaways from the Cincinnati Bengals of week one a team that as we know they wound up going to the Super Bowl last season but a lot of people they weren't necessarily as bullish on them coming into this year yeah uh, I I was very disappointed by the outcome in this game this was um, you know I was heavily invested in the the Bengals in every facet of everything that I do, uh, contest-wise, survivor-wise, I really thought this was this was the best spot of the week. Um, so I, I, I was very disappointed that the Bengals lost and didn't cover. But then I went back and I really looked inside this game, and my real my real takeaway and question from this game is: Where was this revamped offensive line for the Bengals? Because Burrow was just under siege the whole game. Um, a lot of those picks were, were just caused by pressure. Um, so I just w- I want to know from from the often from the people who are really good at assessing the line play, really what went wrong from the Bengals from that standpoint. They dominated them statistically. Um, I hope that the Bengals defense was great. Um, Pittsburgh really did nothing. They really just scored based on the fact that they got five turnovers. So I really want to know what went wrong with this Bengals offensive line. And I'm going to hope that I can get a good number on the Bengals in upcoming weeks because people might sour on them. Um, I still think this team is really good. And Pittsburgh, hopefully maybe I can get a number fading Pittsburgh the other way because Pittsburgh was not impressive to me at all. They were good defensively, but... I just need to know whether this was a Pittsburgh dominated the offensive line because of their defensive line, or if there was something schematically wrong with how the Bengals offensive line worked today. And how about if I pose the counter to you, David Behrman, what did you wind up seeing from the Pittsburgh Steelers of week one? Because with the Steelers, I don't think that this is a team that is going to be able to win games with their offense, but they were one of the most heavily invested teams in the offseason in their defense. And I do think that, for staying in games, for being able to get some covers on larger lines like we wound up seeing in week one. They're a candidate for that. I don't know about outright wins, but I was rather impressed by the Steelers' defense. Yeah, they, they, I mean, the defense was impressive. They put a lot of pressure on the Bengals' offensive line, and I agree with David. The, the, the Steelers didn't do much other than take full advantage of how poor the Bengals played on offense in terms of their offensive line and the turnovers. And I mean, you got to give them credit. And Minka Fitzpatrick is one of the best 
safeties in the business, and he showed that today with the interception and a couple of other batted balls and then a, you know, a sack fumble that he got. So they have the weapons on defense. Now, I think Watt's injury, if it is as bad as it looked in overtime there, is going to be a problem moving forward because that's one of the key weapons that the Steelers have on defense. Uh, but to David's point, what what went wrong for the Bengals today where they couldn't literally keep Joe Burrow upright? Every time you took your eye off that TV and you looked over at the Steelers game, you saw Burrow either throwing a bad pass, getting knocked down, or somebody getting into the backfield. But to David's point, I mean, they still dominated statistically. You know, Burrow had 340 yards passing. Mixon had 82 yards on the ground. You saw vintage Jamar Chase, who was last year's rookie of the year out there with 10 for 129 in the touchdown. And for all intents and purposes, they should have won that game 100 different times. They had the ball down to the goal line and sent four shots at the end zone and didn't get it. Tied the game, but would have won with the missed extra point. Missed a couple of field goals, and, you know, they, they, they lost their long snapper, which obviously hurt with the snapping of the field goals and the extra points. People right away are going to jump on Super Bowl hangover, Super Bowl hangover, because that's what happens when a team loses the Super Bowl. I'm not ready to bury the Bengals yet. I agree with David that you can look for a good price on Cincinnati next week and look to fade the Steelers, especially with Watt likely to be out. Because I think the, the the end result of this game is not indicative of, of what we think of these two teams. I'm not buying the Steelers, and I'm definitely not crushing the Bengals just yet. I think they'll be perfectly fine. And to your point, if Watt is out of the fold for the Pittsburgh Steelers, that's a big cog for a team that they have their lifeblood on defense. They are not going to beat too many teams with Mitchell Trubisky and company trying to move the ball. So that is certainly something to take a look at for week one. And we're mentioning the TJ Watt injury. I've got to pose this one to you guys. I'll start with you, David Baker, on this one. What do you make out of the Dallas Cowboys? For one, what we want to seeing in week one and trying to handicap them moving forward with Cooper Rush because this has to be one of the biggest downgrades that we have at the quarterback spot. I would argue if the Green Bay Packers lose Aaron Rodgers and you trot out their Jordan Love, maybe it's a little bit more, but this is one of the biggest downgrades, in my opinion, that you could have at the quarterback spot. And for the Dallas Cowboys, they better hope that, in my opinion, they wind up being able to get back Jack Prescott as quickly as possible because their season might be as good as toast if they don't. Yeah, I think we can go ahead and cross the Cowboys off, honestly. Um, I, this team's not making the playoffs. Um, you know, when, when you're looking at the division favorites that all struggled this week with the Rams, the Packers, and the Cowboys, I think I think we all kind of think that the Rams and the Packers will find a way. They still have um, their all-pro quarterback. Uh, great coaches, um, good infrastructure. And now we look at the Cowboys. They have no quarterback. They have no receivers. They have an old, slow Zeke at running back. The offensive line's banged up. They have a terrible head coach. I think this is just, I, I, I think the Cowboys are done and it's time to get ready for Sean Payton next year. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just going to write off the Cowboys at this point. Yep, you mentioned it. They have Mike McCarthy as well. That's not necessarily a positive thing. And David Behrman, do you have anything different? Because I do think that if Dak Prescott is able to return, maybe it lends a little bit of value. But for as long as he's not out there on the field, this is a Cowboys team that you better be catching a whole lot of points with them because you just have to pray that it's enough for them to cover. 
Yeah, I wasn't high on the Cowboys to begin with. I had the Eagles winning that division before the season started when they were not the favorite to win, uh, when they, before they took over as the favorite. The, the Cowboys have a lot bigger problems than Dak Prescott's injury and the downgrade to Cooper Rush. Like David said, slow running back, no receivers. The offensive line is terrible. The head coach is one of the worst in football. And, and you know, whether it's Sean Payton or somebody else, you, you can go ahead and, and bury the Cowboys. Nothing that you saw today, independent of the Dak Prescott injury, uh, showed me anything. I mean, the team... Couldn't move the ball at all. I mean, Dak, what did Dak have 50 yards through three quarters? And, and it was at that point, you knew that there was no possible way they were going to cover that game or come close to beating Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. And it's not like that was the greatest game we saw from Tom Brady and the Bucs. Uh, they were just the better team. And it's not like the Bucs aren't dealing with injuries. Their entire offensive line is injured. Brady's a million years old. And they just went right in there and, and destroyed the Cowboys. So with or without Dak, I'm not buying anything the Cowboys are selling. I didn't like them to begin with. Um, and you got to question what Jerry Jones is seeing out there, keeping McCarthy another year, going with what they have. Uh, they showed me absolutely nothing at all. So um, I'm, I'm not buying anything they're selling, and I think you absolutely can go ahead and bury them. Um, they're not someone I thought was going to contend to begin with, but people are in love with Dallas for whatever reasons that they are. They're a heavy public team. Uh, but I think the Eagles win that division, and I wouldn't be surprised to see the Giants finish second. I'm not buying them just yet, but I think they will be better than the Cowboys with the way the Cowboys look today. And and, and I don't think anybody's going to be surprised if the Cowboys finished dead last in that division. We saw an improved Washington team. We saw an improved Giants team. And we saw a very good Eagles team out there today. And I know that, David, you were talking about this, David Baker, because I know you were talking about the landscape of the NFC just being a little bit strange in general. How do you view it right now? Because, I mean, we can write off the Cowboys unless if they wind up returning Dak Prescott. A lot of moving parts with the Green Bay Packers. I take a look at the NFC, and it just seems weaker than the AFC. And... I don't know if there's that one clear team that you're like, yep, this is going to be a team that's able to make the run in the playoffs. Yeah, I I, I was high on the Eagles as well. I, I got them when they were plus 220 to win that division. And um, I think the Eagles win this division by at least two games clear of their opponents. Um, yes, Washington won. Yes, the Giants won. But I don't think anybody's buying Tennessee or Jacksonville as being uh, Super Bowl contenders. So, I I think both those teams struggled to get to 500. The Eagles the Eagles have kind of a cakewalk to a 10-11 win season. Um, I think the Eagles might be the favorite right now uh, outside of the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks are number one in the NFC at this point, but I think the Eagles are strong number two with I would say Vikings slash Packers number three or Rams. I guess um, that's kind of how I'm viewing the NFC. Yep, the NFC, it has become a little bit of a mess, but there was a team that in week one we were having towards the top of the odds board in terms of the futures, and they look very solid. We're going to talk about them next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. In Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Kick off the football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is your sportsbook for every line, boost, and special. Place them up. For our Bet Rivers Parlay Insurance and Touchdown Insurance, which is offered every Sunday all season long, build a parlay of at least four legs, and if it loses, you get your stake back of a free bet of at least $25. Head on over to DraftKings.com or download the Bet Rivers app. It's a whole new game as we're back here on the Great Peterson Experience, and we're being rejoined by David Behrman, who does great work at ESPN Chalk, and David Baker, former Super Contest winner and a man that is also a professional poker player, and David Behrman, we're going to be posing this one to you first. We mentioned it just before the break. There were a lot of teams that they did not wind up looking so impressive a week number one that were towards the top of the futures board. This team, they looked every bit the part of a team that should be towards the top of the odds board to be able to win the Super Bowl, and that would be the Kansas City Chiefs. They completely blow out the Arizona Cardinals, and we were talking about this a little bit off air. Really, the AFC contenders, they look solid. Sansy Cincinnati Bengals, which... He alluded to the fact that there were some strange things that wound up happening in that game, but what was your takeaway overall from the Kansas City Chiefs and a lot of the, shall we say, contenders in the AFC in Week 1? I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs were, were absolutely impressive. Pat Mahomes and company looked extremely good, but I, I just don't think the Arizona Cardinals are, are what we saw last year with Arizona coming out of the gate going 7-8-1 and one, uh, and then tailing at the end. You're used to the, the Cardinals and or Cliff Kingsbury starting out strong and then fading, and, and they looked every part of awful today. Uh, they let Kansas City go up and down the field, and you have to think that Mahomes and company had a little bit chip on the shoulder, losing Tyreek Hill. A lot of people out there saying they're not going to be as good as they were, and I'm one of them. I took the under 10.5. Um, 
it, on their win total, and it was more of their schedule. If you look at their schedule, they still have the toughest schedule in the NFL, and I don't think beating Arizona changes anything there because they play in what might wind up being the the, the best division in, in possibly NFL history if you look at how strong that division is and how much they got better in the offseason with Devontae Adams and Russell Wilson and, and others in terms of how good that division is going to be. They still got to go right through that gauntlet. So, yes, give them credit for going and, and destroying Arizona, who obviously isn't as good as we thought they were going to be or at good at all, probably a seven-win team, maybe eight. Last year they got blown out in the wild card game uh, versus the eventual Super Bowl champion Rams. Um, but th- that's going to be a very, very tough division for the Chiefs. And if you look top to bottom, Chargers looked very, very good today in beating a Vegas team that I thought looked good as well in the loss. And we'll see Denver and Russell Wilson tomorrow night uh, versus Seattle. So I'm not ready to, to basically say Kansas City is going to win the AFC. The AFC is going to be very, very tough for Kansas City to go through. And, you know, last year they almost won it all in, in, in losing the Cincinnati. And, you know, they're not as good as Buffalo, and we'll see that over the course of time. But if you wake up tomorrow morning and look at the AFC standings, there's not much that it's going to surprise you outside of the Bengals losing to the Steelers. I think the rest of, of the conference played out the way it was supposed to play. And um, even though the Colts tied, I wouldn't worry about that too much. They still came back and did tie the Texans after being down all game. But Buffalo dominated. You look at Buffalo and Miami, 1-2 in the AFC East. Uh, that AFC West right now is, you know, it's going to be strong, and it looks strong even in defeat with, with, with Vegas. And I think if you, you think about the NBA over the years when the Western Conference was more dominant than the East and you were trying to figure out who was even going to be the eighth seed or the seventh seed in the East, going to be under 500, sort of what you're going to see with the AFC and NFC right now um, in football is AFC's loaded um, and, and we talked earlier, we can't find more than two or good three teams in the NFC. And Mr. Baker, I'll pose this one to you because we wound up seeing all the reactions from Sunday. But I take a look at the AFC and I think that the Chiefs performance, it was probably the most impressive. But I think that a lot of people are losing sight of what the Bills wound up doing on Thursday night just because it's not as fresh in mind. And I take a look at the Bills team that entered into the season at the top of the odds board to be able to win the Super Bowl. I don't think that we should lose sight with everything that we want to see on Sunday as to how terrific they want to looking on the road against the Rams on Thursday night. Yeah, I think I still think the bills are the class of the AFC, um, but it is, it is wide open and, and by wide open, I mean for the top five or six teams. Uh, I, I am with David. I, did not think that Kansas City was going to be as good as they were in the years past. I thought that the fact that Mahomes was just so much better than than all the other quarterbacks for the last few years, and I think the gap is kind of narrowed, not because he's gotten worse, but because quarterbacks like Herbert and Josh Allen um, have ascended so much that that maybe they they close the gap on the Chiefs. But the Chiefs looked every bit the part that they have the past few years, but as well as, I mean, along the same lines as David, I'm not really sold on the Cardinals either. So let's see what happens through this Chargers, Colts, Bucks, um, next three games with the Chiefs. Uh, I still think the Charger, I still think the Chargers are going to be right there as well. So um, I know there's been a lot of love for Baltimore uh, in the preseason, and Lamar looked great. So uh, the AFC is what we expected. If you had a hot take in the AFC. Uh, you were probably proven wrong. This was it was kind of chalk city in the AFC, um, so it's just going to kind of have to play out. Uh, we have to see who gets injured and and can make it through the whole gauntlet of the NFL season. But I, I think it's Bills, Chiefs, Chargers, really. Bills, Chiefs, Chargers, and maybe Ravens.
I mean, I know the Broncos are up there. I'm not buying the Broncos. Broncos aren't. Um, to me, I think the Broncos miss the playoffs. So I like the Raiders more than I like the Broncos. And the Raiders look good to me despite losing uh, to the Chargers, who I think are they, they're probably my second favorite team. We shall see what happens on Monday night with the Broncos. I'm in agreement. I would take the Raiders a little bit before the Broncos. And let's take a look forward at some of these Week 2 games as well as I know that there's a lot of people out there going to be mentioning a lot of trends with regards to how teams wind up doing against the spread coming off a loss. But I know that and you're able to get these pro tips at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. We wind up giving one out at once every hour. But week one dogs coming off of a straight up loss when they're a favorite against the spread at home. 26-44-1 against the spread in week two when they are a home favorite. So I do think that that's interesting. But David, we do know that Aside from these ordeals, we have seen a lot of teams be able to bounce back in week two after they wind up taking up a little bit of a tough defeat in week one. Is there any team that you're taking a look at in week two to be able to bounce back after it was a relatively grody showing for them in week one? It would probably be uh, either the Rams. I, oh, I, I didn't know which David you were wanted. To be that's not me. We've got two Davids with the last name starting with a B. So we'll start with David Behrman. Uh, I'm looking at both the, the Rams and the Packers, who who basically the Rams are getting the Falcons, who are, you know, the Falcons were better than we expected today, but then they did what the Falcons always do and then blow a big double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. And, and, and the Packers, off their awful week one uh, defeat to the Vikings, get the Bears at home, who, by the way, the Bears look better than we expected today, or maybe the Niners just look, didn't look good at all in, in the bad weather. But I think that's a, a prime spot for both of those teams to bounce back and say, all right, we, we, we look terrible in week one and, you know, I'm not ready to bury the Rams. They did lose to the best team in football uh, to the Bills on a night where they were, you know, celebrating their Super Bowl and all that. Bills are pretty good, as David alluded to. Um, I think the Rams come back out here and crush the Falcons. And I would not be surprised to see Aaron Rodgers and company uh, put a whooping on the Bears, which they do every single year. I mean, he owns the Bears, as he has said and as he has proven um, both are around nine and a half, ten, eleven points, and and I, I I would not be surprised to see both of them run away with those. And Mr. Baker, we will pose this one to you as well. Is there a team that wound up having a bad showing in week one that you think is going to be able to bounce back in week two? Well, just on those two games, uh, I'm not really that those neither of those games are going to tell me anything as far as I'm concerned. They're both going up against bottom five teams, so yeah. Feel free to come out and, and whip up on those teams. Let me see you verse, verse teams of equal or semi-equal strength. Um, I am kind of curious what the Colts are going to look like. They they already failed test one against the te- Texans, and now they have to go to Jacksonville, a team that has really done well versus them in the past. They have to travel to Jacksonville after Jacksonville knocked them out of the playoffs. They, were, they had a playoff seed locked up last year. All they had to do was beat them at home as a double-digit favorite. So I want to see what the Colts have uh, against the Jags. I, I believe in this Colts team. I like Matt Ryan. I, I like what they're what they're doing there. But let me see that. Um, also, I'm I'm really excited to see the Vikings Eagles. Uh, you know, like we've talked about, I, I'm very high on both of these teams, and and they they're playing this week. So I think that's a very interesting game. Um, also, the Ravens Ravens Dolphins. Um, you know, the Dolphins did beat up on the Patriots, but now they get a complete upgrade in competition level. And let's see how they can react against, uh, you know, a tough Baltimore team. To your point, I know that both of you gentlemen were speaking quite highly of the Vikings and the Eagles right now. Eagles home team 
three-point favorite against the Minnesota Vikings. So that tells you that the bookmakers, they are relatively high on both of these teams and sort of have them in that same class as well as. This has been, in my opinion, the greatest panel that we've ever had of two guys with the first name David and with last name starting with the letter B. Gentlemen, great to have both of you guys aboard. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks, Greg. Good time. Great to be able to have David Behrman, who does great work over there at ESPN Chuck, along with David Baker, who is a former Super Contest winner aboard, was a great roundtable conversation as got in a lot of reaction from week one, turned it forward to week two. Now coming in next, let's take a little bit of a look at the baseball card for Monday right here on VSIN Esports Bank Network. Football is here. The VSIN team has what you need to know. Whether you're betting on futures, looking for contest strategy, or building your own power ratings, VSIN has everything you need. Get all the latest from our lineup of experts NFL veterans Mike Pritchard, Super Bowl champion Sean King, former NFL exec Michael Lombardi, and broadcasting legend Brent Musburger. Start your VSIN subscription today to get access to our football betting experts all season long. Did you miss a VEASAN show? We have multiple daily and weekly podcasts to keep you up to date on all the latest sports betting action. VEASAN Best Bets bring you the highlights from our daily lineup of shows, including Follow the Money and a Numbers Game. Market Insights with Josh Applebaum gets you ready with the latest lines and action. Beating the Book with Yale Alexander provides the insider view on analytics-based betting strategy from professional bettors, handicappers, and sportsbook operators. Visit VEASAN.com slash podcast today to find all of our podcast options. It's football season, and bettors know that this is when the money is made. Nobody knows football like VSIN, and now's the time to become a VSIN subscriber and get our comprehensive college and pro guides. Only VSIN subscribers get all the tools to prep for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Sign up early, and for a discounted $175, you'll receive both guides and full VSIN access all the way through the Super Bowl. Or join us for $40 a month and see everything VSIN has to up your betting game. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the sports betting. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.